thank you for joining us on the East Bay Bible Fellowship Podcast. Our prayer is that you'll be blessed by the preaching and the teaching of God's Word. We're located at 1361 High Street in the city of Alameda, California. For more information and service times, you can find us on the web at ebbfellowship.com. That's ebbfellowship.com. Thank you and God bless. says the word of the Lord says set me set me as a seal upon thine heart as a seal upon thine arm for love everyone say love for love is strong as death jealousy is cruel as the grave the coals thereof are coals of fire which hath a most vehement flame Many waters cannot quench love, neither can the floods drown it. If a man would give all the substance of his house for love, it would utterly be condemned. And um, with the help of the Lord, I want to talk to you a little bit, amen, out of this very, very unique book. The opening verse in the Song of Songs states that the book is the Song of Songs. And what is meant by this statement is that it is the best of the best. It is a Hebrewism similar to that of Holy of Holies or King of Kings. As we discussed in several of our last uh, lesson series, uh, in 1 Kings chapter 4 and verse 32, the Bible tells us that Solomon wrote many songs and proverbs. But Solomon himself considered this one to be his crowning achievement. Solomon considered the book that we're studying from tonight the best of his best. And he was not the only one. This book, if you're familiar with its contents, was hotly debated over as to whether it even belonged in the Bible. It was the highly esteemed Rabbi Akiva who argued for its inclusion stating that While all of the sacred writings of the Bible are holy, the Song of Songs is the holy of holies. The controversy of this book does not simply lie in its content and their intended meaning, but also in the author. Some have argued that it's not possible that Solomon wrote this book uh, because it documents an intense monogamous love between two people. While Solomon, on the other hand, was a serial polygamist. The counter-argument is that this book, like Ecclesiastes, is a repentant writing. It is Solomon reflecting on what love is and what love is supposed to be. This this eight-chapter book has generated more commentary than almost any other book in the Bible. In fact, the first biblical commentary that we know of after the New Testament was written was on the Song of Solomon. And it was written in the 3rd century by Origen. Both the early Jew, like early Christians, have viewed this book as an allegory of God's love for Israel, and later on as Christianity came on the scene, as God's love for the church. This allegorical interpretation is understandable. The amount of scripture in the Bible 
where both Israel and then the New Testament church are described as God's bride is clear and undeniable. I personally believe that adjacent to this revelation, this book has something to say about monogamous love that can be shared between a man and a woman. No other book in the Bible is written in a dialogue of love. This is the only book that you will ever come across that actually speaks with romantic overtones and in some cases even erotic language. Like the love of God, profound love for one another or for another person of the opposite gender demands devotion of the whole self. And not only does it demand devotion, it also demands repentance, forgiveness, suffering, and even sacrifice. The love between a man and a woman levels things in ways that not even society and social movements can do. We live in a day and an age where everybody wants to chant equality. But the reality is that nothing can equal or even level out the playing field between a man and a woman more than a monogamous relationship. One of the most fascinating things about this book is that over half of it is written from the perspective of a woman. Once again, something only that this book does. In a time when women were probably silenced, this book decided to explore the power of a conversation, which is exactly what this book is. The Song of Solomon is a conversation, and in particular, it is a conversation, amen, uh, of mutual love, desire, yearning, and longing. The book is written in three voices. First is the voice of the woman. The second is the voice of her male lover. And the third, a very small fraction, 13% of it to be exact, is written by a group of people called friends, which is exactly the way relationships should be. Amen. Amen. Only a very small part of anybody's relationship, amen, with their significant other should include their friends. Hallelujah. Somebody say amen. Amen. Initially, we see that if it had not been for sin, man and woman would have lived an equal and complementary life based on the fact that they were both made in God's image. As a result of sin, however, the Bible tells us in Genesis 3 and 16, God speaking to Eve, thy desire, everyone say desire, thy desire will be to thy husband and he shall rule over thee. In so many words, Eve is being told by God that she will live with an insatiable longing for her husband. The equality is broken and the woman is left in the red. Solomon repairs this. In Psalms 7 and 10, he writes these words, speaking from the perspective of the woman. I am my beloved and his desire is toward me. Solomon takes the word desire which only appears in this form, at least in its Hebrew way, only appears twice in the entire Bible. Once in Genesis chapter 3, and then here in Psalms 7. And it shows that when love is at work, things begin to level out. They do not cancel out, they level out. I want you to stop and consider Paul's writing in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 24, which is often paired with the song of Solomon. It says, therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, 
Love your wives even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. As this woman and this man in this book allow themselves to communicate their desire for one another, they repair the relationship between man and woman that was fractured so long ago by sin and disobedience. This genuinely is a very unique book. The book gives voice to something very important. And this is where I'll probably spend some time tonight. This book gives voice to something extremely important. Something that is under serious attack in our day and in our age. And that is this. That desire and intimacy within strict parameters is not only healthy, it is needful. Mm -hmm. A relationship, and in this case we are talking a monogamous relationship between a man and a woman. Amen. That's full of desire, communication, love and longing. Is not only healthy, it is needful. The growing number of people that are not even interested in getting married is growing and growing and growing every day. And this should not surprise us really. The Bible talks about this. It says that in the last days there shall be doctrines of devils forbidding or hindering people from getting married. Amen. This is something that the church has to stand guard against. Amen. This is something I, I, I am not ashamed and I am not afraid. Amen. To promote marriage. Amen. And not just, not just support marriage. Amen. In the sense that I support our married couples. But I also want to promote marriage. Amen. I want our young people, our single people, our, our people who, you don't even have to be young or single. Amen. Our people who are even in their latter years who desire to get married. I want to support them. I want to affirm that. Amen. Hallelujah. Because what happens within the dynamics, amen, <coughs> of a healthy relationship can repair our world, can repair lives. Amen. It can repair our societies and our cities. Amen. It can repair so much. And it's something that we have to support, affirm, and give voice to. Can you say amen? amen. Uh, uh, both the man and the woman in this book become empowered by their admiration and their longing of one another. Amen. They are not weakened by it. The more that they love one another, the more that they express their love for one another. And if you want to read Song of so uh, Songs of Solomon tonight when you get home, you're free to. The, the language is extremely rich. Amen. With all kinds of things in there. But I want to talk to you more about the overarching principle here. That this man and this woman. Amen. Are, 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 are absolutely. Amen. Fascinated with one another. And no one else. They are not interested. Amen. Uh, she is not interested in another man. He is not interested in another woman. Amen. All their fascination. All their admiration. All their, all their longing. All their. And, and I know we have kids here. All their sexuality, everything that they are is for one another and no one else. And this does not make them weaker people. There are a lot of people that feel that if they get tied into a marriage, they're somehow going to be weakened and impaired. The opposite is true, my friend. Amen. When you get into a marital relationship and it's healthy and it's strong and everything is flowing the way it should be and going in the direction that it ought to. No marriage is perfect. But as long as things are moving in the right direction, that doesn't make you a weaker person. That makes you a better person. Yeah. That doesn't impair you. That empowers you. Can you say amen? Amen. amen. Song, of, uh, Song of Solomon says in 1 and 2, Thy love is better than wine. Thy love is better than wine. 
In the mid-70s, over 1,000 children were followed every two years until they were 15 years old. And then again at ages 18, 21, 26, and 32. At ages 21, 26, and 32, they were given individual assessments on their mental health status and substance dependence. In particular, they wanted to know how much they used marijuana and alcohol. Furthermore, they were asked to report on the number of partners they had had each year. For both men and women, the odds of developing substance dependence increased in direct proportion to the numbers of partners they had. The more sexual relationships they had, and then the more they practiced promiscuity, the more they drank, the more they smoked. The relationship was particularly pronounced, however, for women. Women who had a higher number of sexual partners increased in their substance abuse. And I don't think it's a coincidence that this book begins and ends from the perspective of the woman. I think what this book is saying in a very large picture, amen, is that there's nothing wrong with a woman wanting a man. There's nothing wrong with a woman wanting a single man in her life and practicing, amen, all the healthy, amen, habits and behaviors that come in a monogamous relationship. Amen. I, I, I don't think the Bible makes mistakes. I think the Bible's way ahead of humanity. Hallelujah. But um, I want you to know this. A passionate, communicative, monogamous relationship has no equal. Amen. Solomon himself said it. He says, thy love or love is better than wine. Many people are turning from the challenges of intimacy to the not so challenging life of sexual promiscuity and substance abuse. We are designed for this. We were made to be attracted, amen, to a mate, amen. We were made to have these feelings, both romantic, sexual, etc. We were meant to have all this. And when we suppress that, and when we fight that, and when we stand against that, and when we even oppose that, amen, hallelujah, the outcome is never going to be pretty. Humans will abuse themselves, they'll hurt themselves, they'll wander, they'll go astray. That is part of the reason that our society is in the trouble that we're in right now. Can you say amen? Amen. Praise God. I want to talk to you a little bit about relationships that I think this book touches on that is extremely profound. Let's go to Song 1 and 6, Song of Solomon, chapter 1 and verse 6. I want you to see this very powerful scripture here. And I I hope that this helps those of us who are in a relationship, who are married. Praise God, I I should word it that way. The the transparency with which the woman communicates in Song of Solomon is extremely powerful. She is open about the way she feels. She is open about her feelings towards him. But she's very open about her own insecurities. Look here at verse number 6 in chapter 1. It says, her speaking to the man. She says, look not upon me because I am black. Because the son hath looked upon me. My mother's children... The word there in Hebrew is actually sons. My mother's sons were angry with me. They made me the keeper of their vineyards. But mine own vineyard have I not kept. He responds to this woman in 1 in 15. And he says, behold, thou art fair, my love. Behold, thou art fair. This woman tells this king that she is 
that her skin has been darkened from working in the sun. Not only does she tell him that her skin has been darkened from working in the sun, and you know, you need some historical context here. Um, this was something that women, for whatever reason, uh, were not fond of millennia ago. In some cases, women are not fond of it today. They don't, they don't like a darker skin tone in some cases. But in the days of the Bible, uh, they were not fond of darker skin tones. And she tells this man who she admires and she loves. She says, I know that we have feelings for one another. But, 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 but I'm not totally comfortable with who I am. I'm not totally comfortable with my background. And she lets him know, it's, it's, it's not all my fault. I have some issues. I have some luggage. I have some situations that have gone on in my life. I've had to work hard. Amen. And not only did I have to work hard, I was taken advantage of by my siblings. And the abuse that took place was such that I even neglected my own life. She says, my, my mother or my, my parents' brothers were angry against me. And they made me work in their vineyards. She says, and I've neglected my own vineyards. She says, I've been working all day. Amen. Uh, I've, I've had to work ever since I was young. I've had to work ever since I was little. Uh, I supported my, my siblings. And, and not only that, I neglected my own life. She says, I neglected my own vineyard. Hallelujah. I can, I can only tell you that I've met way too many people in life with this story. Amen. Their parents made them raise their children. These people had to work hard lives. And not only have they had to work hard lives, they worked hard lives to the point of neglecting their own vineyards. They neglected their own life. This is more common than most of us can probably even imagine. But her past, with its hardships, with its abuse, and even with its self-neglect, is overlooked by her lover. I'm reminded of the scripture that says, Love covers a multitude of sins. Hallelujah. Her, her lover, amen, assures her and he heals her. He proceeds. What's amazing is not only does he tell her, uh, and you, you can tell I went from verse 6 to 15, but from verses uh, 6 to 15, really, and he goes on for two more verses, he begins to shower her with compliments. And the powerful thing about all these compliments is that from, they're from the neck up, amen. He begins to tell her all these things, amen, about 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 the way she looks from her neck upwards. And of course, these are not meant to be taken literally because if they were, she wouldn't be very beautiful. Amen. He tells her she has, she has a neck that looks like a tower of war. Amen. I don't think too many women would appreciate that. Amen. But he's actually saying something more profound than that. But what I think is powerful is that he's assuring her, amen, I love you for who you are, amen. I love you for who you are internally, amen. I'm not just looking, and he does later on, as, as the book goes on, he does begin to compliment the rest of her body, but he begins to tell her, amen, from the neck up, amen, that person inside here, amen, and in the Bible, the brain and the heart are, are synonymous, amen. He begins to tell her, that person up here, that's who I love, amen. That's who I care about, that, 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 that individual, amen, that everybody else doesn't see. That's what I find so attractive. That's what I find so beautiful. And I believe this with all of my heart. It doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter what your background is. And in, in most of our couples, amen, here in church, amen, 
This is, this is, this is not the exception. Uh, church is not excluded from this. Sometimes in our couples, even here in church, you'll find that one person has a rough background. Amen. The other person may not have such a rough background. Sometimes you have two people with rough backgrounds. But can I tell you, amen, that love can cover all of that. Hallelujah. That when you love one another, amen, that when you allow your love to flow freely towards one another, when you communicate with one another, amen, when you really stop and you look at that person for who they are. You know, the, the, the beautiful thing about Song of, Sol- of Solomon is that Solomon and The book actually never even mentions God. It never mentions the Lord. But what it does mention is that there are these two people that feel that they are together by design. That somehow the powers that be, and we know that that's God. It talks about God implicitly. But they they somehow feel that the power that is, the powers that be, have brought them together. They don't need anybody else. Amen. And, and 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 that... in a, in, a, in a weird way, I say in a weird way, in a, in a weird way, they are perfect for one another, even though they are not perfect. They are perfect for one another, even though they are not perfect. Amen. Even though, amen, some have been worked hard, abused, and neglectful, they are still perfect for one another. I, I, I don't, I, I, I'm sure I've probably said this to my own wife, amen, but I can't tell you how many times I come to pray. And uh, I just start thanking God for my wife. And I don't mean just, oh, thank you, Jesus, for Jamie. Hallelujah. But I start thanking God for everything my wife does. And I start thanking God for everything my wife is. Uh, I think I quoted this verse the other day. The scripture says that an intelligent wife is, from, is a gift from God. Mm-hmm. And I thank God for how smart she is. And I thank God for how she raised my child. And, I, and, I, and you know what? As I start thanking God on more than one occasion, amen, I've seen that me and her coming together was a divine design by God. Mm-hmm. It wasn't an accident. In fact, I remember uh, one, of, one, of my, one of my fondest memories about my wife is uh, when we were younger, amen, as I was first coming to church and she was still very young, um, amen, for whatever reason, I don't know how it all worked out, but I ended up going to youth convention, amen, with her and her parents, amen. And I was just, you know, I, I didn't think anything of anybody at that time. I just, I wanted to go to youth convention, amen. And I remember at that time in my life, I really was struggling with, um, with praying through and speaking in tongues and having a spiritual encounter with God. I wanted this intimate encounter with God that I just somehow wasn't getting, amen. I, I struggled with with, 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 with praying through. That's just what I struggled with. But, but I remember at this particular youth convention, I remember just this one service lifting my hands and I determined in my heart, God, no matter what happens, amen, I'm, I'm not leaving until you touch me. Amen. And I let the yearning and the longing for God begin to bubble in my soul. And I, I'll never forget the very last thing I saw as I opened my eyes one last time and I could see a, my soon-to-be wife, amen, my years later to be wife, amen, she was praying off to the left of me, and I promise you, God is my witness, amen, that was one of the most powerful, amen, encounters I ever had with God, God came down and, and just splashed inside of my soul, I spoke in tongues, I, I went into a, into a, into a trance, I've never, I've never been touched by God like that, but only years later am I, ever, am I able to look back at that moment and realize that was no mistake, amen, that was God's divine design, amen, but if you, if you sit at home all day wondering if you married the right person, if you sit at home all day looking for your ex on Facebook, praise God, if you sit around all day wondering, uh, you know, one of, one of the hardest things is when, is when you feel betrayed by a spouse. And I don't necessarily mean adultery, but 
though this does include that. A lot of times when people feel betrayed by a spouse, they, they question themselves, they question the spouse, they think to themselves, you know, who really is this person? I can't believe they did that. I can't believe they said that. I can't believe they acted like that. And then you, you begin to wonder, if I don't know who they are, I may not even know who I am because I pick them, amen. And if I pick them, what kind of a person am I? And what's my judgment? And so it could throw you into all kinds of questioning and quandaries, amen. I'll tell you what the solution to that is. It's to get back in the prayer room, amen, and show a little bit of appreciation for God, for somebody who's not perfect, but they're perfect for you, hallelujah. I'll tell you what the remedy to that is. It's to express to that person how much you love them, amen. I'm, I'll be honest with you, and my wife probably would maybe mind me saying this, that it's not uncommon for her to tell me, man, I just wish you'd be a little bit more expressive. And it would be easy for me to sit here and get offended. Amen. Hallelujah. But there's nothing wrong with asking. Amen. Hallelujah. We preached that the other day. And I'm not going to get offended. Praise God. It's good for me to express just how much I love her. It's good for me to express that not only, amen, that she is the only one for me. Amen. One of the most powerful, amen, verses in Song of Songs. Amen. And there's several, but one of the most powerful is when Solomon, uh, he responds back to the woman. He says, you are like a mare in, uh, uh, in the midst of Pharaoh's chariots. Amen. And what, what, he, what he's saying is actually quite, uh, well, I'll just leave the verbiage out of it. But, but, but you know, uh, what he's talking about, amen, is a situation where you have a female horse, amen, that, that runs in among the male horses and it drives them, amen, crazy. And he's saying, amen, you drive me crazy, hallelujah. You're, you're everything to me. And he's not, just, he's not just saying that. He means that, hallelujah. It's not just, it's just not romantic lingo and jargon, amen. He really means what he's saying. There's something so powerful, amen, when we give, if you don't express your love, if you don't allow yourself to float, that is a part of your being. That, you know, if you want to if, if take the strict classic interpretation of this book, which is to say that all this book has to talk about is God's love for the church. Either way, you are left with some very powerful language about how God feels towards his church. And if we are made in the image of God, then I'm left to believe that I too have these kinds of feelings. And that I too have to express them. God has these feelings towards his church. He can't keep them bottled up. He loves his church. He loves his people. He, he hates being separated. and He doesn't want another people. God's not hoping for another people. Amen. He loves his people. Amen. And he expresses those emotions. Amen. And if that's the way God is. And if this book was written with the intention of showing me that that's how God feels towards his church. I am also left to make the right conclusion, the logical conclusion, that I too have these kinds of feelings. Mm -hmm. And that I too should express them to somebody. Amen. Not everybody, but somebody. Mm -hmm. And that person, amen, is my spouse. Amen. And so the Song of Songs, amen, with all of its, amen, uh, vivid language, amen, really is a beautiful story and instruction. You know, I, I was in preparing for this for this message. Uh, I was reading commentaries on Solomon, and you know the, the the rabbis had a saying about Solomon, and it said Solomon can connect metaphor with metaphor. And one of the beautiful things that Solomon is doing in this book is he's connecting metaphor with metaphor. He's saying this is how God feels about His people. This is how a man ought to feel about a wife. 
Solomon knew what it was to have all kinds of women in his life. And when it was all said and done, he said, you know what? This is not the way. This is not the way. This did not help me. This hurt me. This did not make me glorious. This made me miserable. This did not, amen, empower me. This impaired me. Amen. And Solomon looks on his life and he says, man, God himself has one bride. God himself has one church, one people. I too should have taken the same route. I too should have expressed with with total abandon how much I love my spouse. I'm going to be very honest with you. If I'm going to, I, I say this to myself. If I refuse to be that way, if I refuse to be expressive towards my wife, there, there are damages that come with that. Yes, my wife will feel the hurt. My children will feel the hurt. I will feel the hurt. But I also want to assure you that if I exercise, amen, if I exercise expression, communication, love, love, love talk, ooey gooey love talk, <laughs> if I express that, Amen. Not only does my family and my spouse and myself, uh, uh, they, they say, and now I'm just kind of, I'm, I'm closing, but, you know, they say that, that a hug lowers your blood pressure by I don't know how many points. Just hugging your spouse lowers your blood pressure. The benefits are just not only spiritual, they're physical. But he, here's the exciting part. Amen. The more you learn to be open and communicative and loving and expressive, Amen. The easier it gets to pray. The easier it gets to worship. The more liberty you feel. Your conscience is clean because you don't have two or three women or two or three men in your head. Hallelujah. Your conscience and your soul is clean. Amen. Your spirit is, is invigorated and vivacious. And you are experiencing love. And the scripture says that God is love. Amen. God is love. And so I want to challenge you today. Amen. Write cards. I just recently went to the funeral of a good friend of ours. And uh, his son got up and uh, he had a little post-it note. And when he put it up, everybody began to laugh. And um, everybody knew what it was. I, in fact, I, I had received one or two in my life. But what they were is this friend of ours, he just, he was communicative. He was a good talker, but he just had this thing about writing everybody little notes with a little positive. Hey, I love you. Hey, I appreciate you. But his wife just had boxes of these little post-it notes. He just wouldn't leave the house without writing her one. And uh, that was the thing that everybody, that was one of the things that everybody really, really remembered about him was this man who would just flood your life with little love notes with little positive encouragement but you know what that love remains <laughs> love is powerful love can't be outlived and it's stronger than death <laughs> praise god it's stronger than death it's better than wine amen it's unmatched and unparalleled amen express your love don't be afraid to do that Amen. It'll free you. It'll liberate you. And I know that perhaps, I know the challenges of being married. Someone says, well, I try to tell them how much I love them. And they never say nothing back. Keep doing it anyways. Keep doing it anyways. Keep being that way anyways. Amen. You're only receiving benefits from it. You're only receiving benefits from it. Whether they express it back or not. Amen. 
you're, you're still benefiting. You're still reaping the benefit. Amen. And I assure you that if you do it and you keep doing it one day, amen, you will get a response back. Can you say amen? amen. All right. If you want to read the Song of Solomon, you can read that on your own. <laughs> I'm giving you the big picture. Amen. Let's all stand.